Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Father Tom Burke of the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh, and welcome to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio. This show spotlights the important work of Catholic education in our Catholic schools and parish faith formation programs. Catholic Education Plus is brought to you by the generous supporters of Catholic education, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh in southwestern Pennsylvania. This morning we are exploring how Catholic schools are embracing technology in the 21st century In the good old days, students used to learn by using textbooks and chalkboards, listening to lectures and writing papers and taking exams. But today there's a whole new world of educational technology that includes iPads, Chromebooks, smartboards, and interactive learning. These are definitely not your grandparents' or even your parents' uh, Catholic schools. I'm really excited uh, as we begin a new year of 2019. This morning, my guest is Joe Rossi, who is the principal at St. Thomas More Catholic Elementary School in Bethel Park, who is going to be helping us to explore how these new horizons um, are on the front lines of educational technology. Joe, welcome this morning to Catholic Education Plus. Thank you very much, Father. I'm glad to be here. And Happy New Year to 2019. Yes, we're very excited to get our our, uh, new school year started. Calendar year has uh, turned over. We're moving forward. Uh, Joe, first, give us an overview of some of the exciting uh, educational technology that you're using at St. Thomas More in Bethel Park. I'd be glad to. Um, If somebody were to come and visit our school who had never been there before, I think you'd be really surprised at what a classroom looks like now. Mm. Uh, Students in grades three through eight have Chromebooks, uh, which is like Google's platform to allow students to have access to email and a bunch of other applications that Google actually gives us for free, which Mm -hmm. has been very wonderful um, in terms of classroom implementation. And our younger students have iPads because, you know, the touchscreens are more developmentally appropriate. But all of those technologies and the smart boards that you mentioned and things really help our kids to learn where they are. So if you've got a student in a classroom who's an advanced in math, you can push them using that technology. And if you have a, a reading student who's struggling at, to, to meet grade-level expectations, the technology really helps us level the playing field and maybe give them some accommodations to help them in their reading development. And that's so important these days. And as- Google has a nice Pittsburgh presence at uh, Bakery Square, not too far away That's from right. me in the East End. And it's, it's the kids need to know. They need to know this uh, technology. And recently, your students got to learn about uh, robotic self-driving cars. And we have Uber, which is another yes. uh, prominent um, company here in Pittsburgh with the self-driving cars going around. And I see them uh, at Bakery Square, Shadyside, uh, the Strip District, whenever I'm driving around. Uh, how did this, this opportunity come about? And, and what did the students learn about the robotic self-driving cars? This is, this is what's happening now in Pittsburgh. This is great. Now, I have to admit, even as an adult working in the building, <laughs> that was a pretty exciting day for me, yeah. too. Um, you know, as a Catholic, 
a Catholic school, we're, we're very interested in, in involving our families. And so in a conversation, when I was talking to one of the dads in our school, he had mentioned that he was an engineer for Uber and worked mm. on that self-driving car. And so we were actually the first school in Western Pennsylvania to get a visit for the, with the robot car. That is awesome. the, the neat part of the presentation was not only did he describe how many jobs, things that you wouldn't even normally think of that Uber has uh, but also allowed the kids to look in the back and see the computer navigator and, you know, this this brand new technology that, you know, eventually is going to be taking over everywhere. Mm-hmm. So for our kids, it's not just technology for technology's sake. It's what are the real world applications of these things? And look, this could even be a f- future employment for you. So something that was very exciting for us. So it was one of the school parents uh, who worked was, for Uber here yeah. in Pittsburgh. Wow. And he brought it to St. Thomas More. And see a self-driving car going around the uh, the parking lot there. That's right. I think we scared a few parishioners for <laughs> daily mass, but it was it was a neat experience. Go over to Village Square Mall or uh, South Hills Village yeah. and take a little test drive. Uh, I understand that some of the students at St. Thomas More are learning uh, how to write flash computer code and are also working with robotic balls that are controlled with the smartphone or tablet. Can you give us uh, a little bit more information about what is the flash computer code and the robotic balls. Sure. So if you're talking about this in a generalist term, Mm -hmm. every kid's career, when they get out of our school and go to high school and then go to college, is going to be involved with a computer. Whether you're a mechanic or a lawyer, everything in between, computers are all over the place. And the backbone to computer is, is computer science and writing code to make computers and robots do the things that you need them to do. So our initial entrance into this uh, you know, exposure for our kids is to allow them to use a program called Scratch, which was developed by MIT, so that they hmm. took this high-level computer science thing and distilled it down so it can be accessible for a third grader. The tie-in with that is that they would write the code for a particular robotic ball that would allow it to move through obstacles or change colors. And those processes, we start even back in kindergarten when you're following directions and you're in a line and somebody says, okay, we're going to turn right or we're going to turn left. That's actually the basis for code. I mean, obviously, it's very simple there. But by the time kids get to eighth grade, if they've experienced nine years of these different kinds of opportunities, they're going to be very well set for whatever they end up doing in the future. And like I said, most likely it's probably going to be with a computer. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you, you, you don't really hear that too often that uh, Catholic schools would, would have this technology, but we are, and it, it's happening here in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. And you have to, you have to enhance your curriculum and get with the times, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, right before we went on air uh, this morning, we were talking about both of us being South Hills uh, guys. You are born and bred in Bethel Park. I grew up in the Carrick-Overbrook section of the city of Pittsburgh. So, uh, And before you came to St. Thomas More, uh, you were working with the Bethel Park uh, School District. Uh, And so how did you get involved uh, with your current assignment? As principal well, of St. Thomas More. <clears throat> so when I was working in Bethel Park, uh, the director of technology, who, who was a really good friend of mine, really had the foresight early to determine that, again, Chromebooks were a very usable tool in classrooms that were not expensive and were ex- accessible for all kids. And they actually ended up deploying them for the entire district and I think, grades 2 through 12. So mm-hmm. just going through that simple process really helped me figure things out like, do you have enough wireless access? <laughs> I mean, infrastructure upgrades are really important in buildings. And so, you know, we, you wouldn't normally think, hey, I'm going to buy 50 Chromebooks. 
what's the next step? Turn them on and have the kids use them. But really, you know, you've got to have internet access and enough bandwidth to accommodate the issues that you need. And all those experiences working with Bethel and troubleshooting those issues and working through that three-year implementation program helped me now as a building principal because just like you said, we're really making a push in our in our elementary schools and mm-hmm. the diocese to integrate these types of things that you know, I at least had some experience with. So we were very successful with it and kind of avoided some of those bumps in the road that we ran through the first time when I worked uh, back in Bethel. And you can have all the wonderful new um, bells and whistles, so to speak, but you need the good support system to keep it running. Absolutely. And, uh, and St. Thomas More School is a beautiful campus. And with them building the new school uh, years ago, that Family Life Center, it's just a wonderful facility uh, right right across the street from South Hills Village. And um, very fortunate that that's a, a true gem to have there in the, in the South Hills. Yeah, I mean, we're at the nexus of essentially Bethel mm-hmm. Park, Peters Township, Upper St. Clair, and Mount Lebanon, all of which have very good public school districts. And the thing that keeps people coming back to our building is, like I had mentioned, this sense of family and being involved with, with, with our faith and, and through academics and also this large push to work on technology skills with kids in grades K through 8. In your location, you're right there at the junction. Yes. And, uh, the Port Authority, the subway system's right there, and the park and ride, uh, the mall, everything's right there for people. No, not long ago, technology was for older students who were studying for computer science, uh, becoming software engineers, computer programmers, system analysts. Today, students of all ages now use technology to some extent. It's just a matter of reality. How has that affected uh, the teaching methods from just the basic computer science courses that I remember when I was growing up to now? It's it's just a reality. Let me give you an example. And you probably remember this. When we were in fourth grade, everybody read Charlotte's Web, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody, yeah. the desks were all in rows, and everybody took a turn you know, going through and reading a paragraph at a time. And in fact, I can imagine you probably remember that feeling. You got a little anxious, and then when it was your turn, you read your paragraph, and then there was a big sense of relief, and the next kid had to read or whatever. Well, as we found, that's just not how kids learn today. Mm -hmm. And so here's what we're doing. This is an example now that we're getting into the new year for Martin Luther King Day. As opposed to kids reading a book and writing a book report or maybe even standing up in front of the class, our kids are making podcasts. That's amazing. They're still doing the research. They're still reading the work. They're they're creating notes. They're doing all of the processes that would be similar to our experience in school. But the end product is the kids go home and say, when mom and dad says, hey, what did you do in school today? They could pop in earbuds and listen on their phone and listen to their kid who gave a podcast. That's the difference. And a lot of times we find that that learning is indelible because what a neat experience, right? Kids are very motivated to do those kinds of creative things. In fact, that's what I had mentioned when we walked into the studio. I said, my kids would love this. All these gadgets and technology to use, they'd be very interested. All the bells and whistles. Sure. And Catholic Education Plus is on podcast, so people can tune in to KDK Radio to listen to, to the, our show. And there you go. Your students can listen to it, even though they might not be wide awake uh, this bright and early uh, Sunday <laughs> morning. So, And you're right. I, it, it's, it's wonderful that the parents could say, what did you do today, Tommy? What did you do today, Joey or Sally? And they say, here, this is what I did. And the parents can be part of that that tune too and do you see the the parents getting excited too that now they're they're so easily accessible to seeing and hearing what their kids are actually doing at school? They do. And I mean, <clears throat> like I had mentioned before, the parents are a big part of this process. And so now all of our grades are online. So it, it's not like it used to be where you'd wait nine weeks and then all of a sudden you get a mm-hmm. report card and bam, oh my goodness, I didn't do so well in reading. Our parents know 
what their kids got on their spelling test last week or what projects are coming up because our classes have websites. Like I said, using option C, are, are they're, they're able to look at grades and things. It's just – it's really more – what I think would be a collaborative effort between the kids, the parents, and the teachers, all in the benefit for you know kids learning more. So they can't uh, change their grades. No, you know, <laughs> making uh, no. a, a one into a, a four into a one, or it's not like that you know, anymore. Not anymore, it, it's instant access, and I I just think that we've come such a, a long way in such a short time with technology. How it is enhanced and it's changed. And that's the wonderful thing about Catholic schools are right on it. They're right in it with the technology and the kids are, are right up there with all the other schools too. So we'll take a break. We'll be back in a moment on Catholic education plus. Welcome back to Catholic education plus. I'm father Tom Burke, the administrator of the Catholic community of the East end of Pittsburgh, which is the parishes of St. Bede and Point Breeze, St. Charles Luanga in the East end and St. James in Wilkinsburg. And this morning, uh, on this uh, brand new year of 2019, in January, uh, we are talking with Joe Rossi, who is the principal at St. Thomas More Catholic School in Bethel Park, and we're talking about uh, how exploring new horizons uh, with technology and embracing technology and how important it is uh, with our students to learn, especially with a Catholic education. And, and Joe, students today uh, are are digital natives, uh, having grown up with the internet, the smartphones, smart televisions, the GPS. How do you keep at least one step ahead of them when it comes to technology at St. Thomas More? Because the kids are, they pick up, they're like sponges. They pick up so much. How do you keep one step ahead of them so something's new? Go look at a restaurant, and every time you walk by, if there's a little kid, including my two-year-old twins, they're on a phone or a mm-hmm. gadget or a screen or whatever. I mean, half the time I think that they're better at it than my parents are when they're using their, you know, and they, they're only a couple of years old. And that, that's just, that's the lay of how this is going to go from now on in terms of education. So listening to kids and hearing their feedback is really productive. <clears throat> in fact, there were a couple ideas that we had come up with that we thought were going to be home runs that when we, when we rode the, rode the ideas past the kids, they said, Hey, you know, this is going to be too complicated or this isn't going to work right. Let us try to do something different. As a matter of fact, this, uh, this past fall, we had a fundraiser fun run to help Hmm. support our school. And one of our students operated a drone over top of the race, took the video, went home, edited it, added music and graphics, and then created like a four minute spot that showed all the, the lead up in the actual race and everything. It was just, it's incredibly impressive. And these are amateurs, right? You're talking eight, 10 year old kids that are so adept at these types of things. And more importantly, aren't afraid to fail in an environment where we encourage things that they're able to keep working and and, and try to get better and and, obviously learn a whole bunch about a lot of different things. And I look at my own nephews who are so techie savvy and and constantly on their phones too. And just, it's just amazing that we as an older generation had to adapt to that and grow up with that where the younger generation now, this is, they're just accustomed to, and it's just reality. And, Maybe they yeah, they just pick it up a lot quicker than the older people now, but it's it's exciting though because you know they learn something and then there's boom there's two or three other new things that that they need to yeah, learn. Yeah, it really is know? endless. <clears throat> and to put that into perspective and adapt it, uh, and I understand that you use technology in teaching the faith and helping young people in, in encountering Christ. Tell us about that. 
It's a real struggle in education because there's a real secular nature to the Internet. Mm -hmm. And so as a team, we've really tried to work hard to provide these types of technology opportunities for kids, but still stay focused on our mission, which is growing kids closer to Christ. And so last year, uh, utilizing one of our smart boards during, uh, during May while the students were praying the rosary daily, we actually were able to coordinate with another school in Europe and then both classes were saying the rosary at the same time. So they could wow. see those kids and hear them. And we, they obviously could see us and talk about bringing worlds together, right? This is another excellent and applicable use of technology to, to, to expand their, their opportunities to visit, you know, in this case, you know, a place overseas and we're doing it rooted in our faith. And, and like I said, reading the, ro- so it's like, the rosary, like FaceTime, like calling them live and yep. having a conversation, but you're, you know, thousands and thousands of miles away I mean, across the pond. Honestly, I think yeah. that there's a lot of opportunities here for virtual mm-hmm. you know, evangelization and fellowship that didn't previously exist even five years ago. And how did the kids adapt to that? They loved that. Oh, they love it, of course. You know, anything involved in a computer, they're they're always interested in. So that's really neat. And how do you stay focused uh, on the caring relationships and learning uh, instead of just getting caught up with the latest technology and, and gadgets? Because you want to be up with the times, but also you want to stay focused on the true learning too. You're right. Mm-hmm. So what we really try to do is find a ways to use technology as a tool. That's all technology is. It is not a replacement. It is not a teacher. It is not the thing that kids can do independently because they need guided instruction in a variety of areas. We're just enhancing those opportunities, like the example I gave with the Martin Luther King thing. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, they would have read the book, and they would have wrote the book report, and that would have been the lesson. And in this case, they're still doing those you know, academic skills, but pre- presenting the information in a way that's creative and, and interesting for them. Now, this I remember reading this in the paper. Uh, you were honored uh, last year, 2018, by the Pennsylvania Affiliate of the Council on American Private Education with the award of top administrator in primary grades uh, one through eight. That, that's a great honor. Congratulations mm-hmm. for that. Uh, what did that recognition mean to you at, at St. Thomas More? Well, like I had said when I had went to Harrisburg to receive the award, I wish that the stage was big enough to bring the entire staff and oh. all of our families because it very little had to do with me. I have some unique perspective in terms of deploying these technologies and providing opportunities. But at that point, the rest of it's our instructional staff. It's the folks in the classrooms that are in there day in and day out that are willing to put themselves out there and try something new and and be vulnerable in front of kids. And, and you know, for folks who aren't teachers, that's a really challenging environment to be in where you're in charge of, a, you know, a room full of 25 seven-year-olds and you're going to say, okay, here's the internet. Right. So so what we really found was is an environment where we are exceptionally supported by our families, our parents, our pastor, um, Father Jim Farnan, who was there last year. And now Father Peter Horton have been very dedicated to getting the resources and the things we need to to our kids, which has been really helpful. And are there a v- very visible? They were both a very visible presence in the building. So. And I know Father Jim Farnan really well. He was uh, a year ahead of me here at St. Paul Seminary, and now he took my place. Uh, he's now the administrator at St. James in Swickley and St. Mary's in Aleppo, and he is really committed to Catholic education. And Father Peter Horton, longtime connection with La Roche College, right. very love support uh, Catholic education. Um, two good priests that really 
or enhancing that school. So it was nice mm-hmm. to gain some notoriety by the award, mm-hmm. but quite frankly, it was I was just a very small piece of a larger you know puzzle that was dedicated to helping kids out to learn more and to be closer to God. So your faculty and your staff really work really well with you. Yes, to make they're, fa- this happen. they're fantastic. It just doesn't happen. It's not like a drone just flying around in the sky. <laughs> it, it's reality. Right? No, it's it I mean, the people to man it. You know, yeah. and it, it's it's challenging at mm-hmm. times, like I had mentioned. But we we really do persevere together. Now, for people listening this morning and thinking about, we're going to be having Catholic uh, um, Schools Week coming up in a couple of weeks and shopping around, so to speak, for schools for their kids. What would you advise parents that are listening here this morning? about taking a look at a Catholic school? I think the biggest thing is to be able to go there and tour. Mm. Um, We find a lot of benefit in, rather than talking over the phone or looking at a website, is when you walk into a building, you get a feel. And all of our Catholic schools, you, you feel like you're a part of something. You know, my, it's interesting, the, you know, my experiences between public and private schools, you know, there really is a, a difference in terms of a welcoming nature that we have mm-hmm. and an ability to, to have folks jump right in and start helping out. We just this past week enrolled a few new families for the second semester and they're already volunteering in our building. I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And that, that's, that's a big, you know, big thing that folks should be looking for. So you invite people to come in, take a tour, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, window shopping and shopping for a car, you have to test drive it and take a look at it, re- do research. And by coming into the schools, looking at the technology, look at, talking to the families, the students, um, you know, doing a shadow day, I think that's very important. Yeah. Because it's an investment. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That, that's, you know, the best endorsement I could possibly give is that next year, when my two year old twins are three <laughs> years old, they're going to go to that school. So out of all the places that we could have an opportunity to go to, and like I said, we live in Bethel Park, and they have excellent schools there, we have decided to make a commitment to have our kids to go there. And that's, I, I think that's very telling as a dad, more so than just the principal of a building. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, um, and pass on the faith that you're, you're giving your children the opportunity, and plus uh, a good quality Catholic education. That's what it's all about. Joe Rossi, thank you for being here uh, this morning. We've learned a lot about uh, technology, and I'm really excited that um, we're enhancing uh, the Catholic schools with, with modern technology and Catholic education. Thanks, Father. We'll take a break in a moment. Uh, we'll be back here on KDK Radio. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Burke. This week in our Plus segment, we're featuring a evening with Father Jacques Philippe. This is really going to be really awesome. It's coming up next month, Monday, February the 25th, uh, at St. John and Paul Church up in Franklin Park, Marshall Township. But there's no cost, uh, and it's an evening with Father Jacques, who is going to be talking about the universal call to holiness. This is a great way to start uh, the new year of 2019 and for January and February. And St. John and Paul is the host. It starts at 7 p.m. There's no cost. And Father Jacques is an international author uh, on prayer, interior freedom, peace of heart. He's also worked uh, many, many books. He's written uh, Call to Life, Fire and Light, uh, The Word of Trust and Love, and just a great uh, national author, international author, and if you want to look about uh, looking to a deeper prayer life, a lot of people are making uh, New Year's resolutions uh, this year for for the new year of 2019, Uh, try to attend. Again, that's on Monday, February the 25th, St. Sean and Paul Church, 7 p.m., Father Jacques Philippe, The Universal Call to Holiness. We'll see you there next month. Thank you for listening to Catholic Education Plus, and thanks again to our supporters, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. I'm Father Tom Burke. Join us again in two weeks at 630 right here on KDK Radio. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.